They are moving slowly, but the wheels to the resumption of cricket are moving at last. I'm Karthik Ayer and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. This week we'll look at the steps and measures being taken to bring cricket back. Nagraj Golapudi is in conversation with Sri Lanka's head coach in lockdown Mickey Arthur. And there's also the possibility that Sri Lanka versus India could be the series which welcomes international cricket back. They've played each other a fair few times, eh? But after this break, neither Fidel, Gaurav or I can wait. The wheels are in motion. Let's go. So after what seems like a pretty long gap, we've got some hard news to share with you all on uh, Stump Mike and that's why we've got with us Nagraj Golapudi as well. Firstly Nagraj, how are you doing? Good, good. Sweating here in London um <laughs> because it's the temperatures have turned really warm mid 20s and so it's good. Unfortunately, we can't go and sunbathe which will be indulgent and wrong in these times. Uh but yeah, much better than a month back when panic was setting in isn't it in all our minds i like the fact that you say mid 20s and sun and i i i just think of my friends sitting in chennai and they'll be like yeah man mid 20s is winter for us or not even that <laughs> but yeah <laughs> finally we have some news that i mean it's 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 small steps it's baby steps but cricket is slowly starting to have discussions about its return so what's been happening over the past week baby steps as like you said let's not get too excited um i'm a pragmatist at heart so maybe it's better to be living in the real world the main thing is that two things one is that the icc cricket committee which is led by former india captain anil kumble and which on which sit other eminent players like rahul dravid andrew stross mahela jayawardene belinda clark and a host of other uh, important key cricket functionaries they had a meeting earlier this week and to talk about how cricket can safely come back to discuss the parameters within which cricket can be cricket can resume so the one of the key decisions or recommendations we have to say recommendations because it has to be ratified by the icc board so the key recommendations from the icc cricket committee is that sweat can be used on the ball first shine to shine the ball this has been a talking point as we all know as cricket fans know in the past month after there has been cricket has been deliberating on whether artificial substance should be used instead of saliva um to shine the ball but there's been a huge debate and saliva definitely definitely cannot be used and cricket committee has also agreed after listening to the icc's medical expert peter dr peter harcourt uh, who explained that coronavirus or covid-19 as such is a, a respiratory disease or infection so which can spread very fast and that's why it can easily spread through saliva and that's why no spit can be applied on the ball so that's the most important decision cricket as far as cricket is concerned that has been taken this week So this is pretty much a follow up to what we did on the website what we did on stump mike as well a few weeks ago where we spoke about the importance of spit and saliva in cricket and we also had ashish nehra on the pod we had quotes from a lot of other players as well other fast former fast bowlers about about its use and 
Now we have a recommendation stating that sweat is likely to be allowed, but saliva is a strict no-no. Today, in fact, on the day that we're recording just a few hours ago, Cricket Australia's sports science and medicine manager, Alex Kuntoris, he spoke to the media and he said that the sweat and saliva and the ball itself is, is only one risk factor. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, hygiene, sanitation, sanitation, physical distancing. There's a whole bunch of things, not sharing equipment that are going to be part of the, the overall risk. Um, so, you know, we're going to take our time and, uh, and consider all those factors one at a time and then, you know, work with, um, you know, the ICC to try to come up with whatever the final outcome is for elite cricket and community cricket. That's that's true. That's why when I said that earlier, the, the cricket committee and everyone where the countries where cricket is set to resume steady slowly, like here in England, it's going to start, I think, uh, tomorrow or something, if I'm not mistaken. It was meant to start yesterday, but due to some of these uh, practical difficulties, it's been delayed by a couple of days. So the fast bowlers are returning and Australia is also set to resume in a couple of weeks. Uh, Sri Lanka might start in early June. There are a set of parameters everyone has to follow. And the parameters are very simple. It's It's got to do with simple hygiene. But as much as we say it's simple hygiene, these are things that we can easily overlook, like washing your hands, using hand sanitizers, using gloves. Um, Keeping distance, uh, like when training resumes, you're the only the fast bowlers are coming back, uh, primarily to begin with in the first week or whatever time frame boards have worked out. And they are not going to be bowling at batsmen. They're going to be bowling in single nets, uh, just, just to a wicket and just basically to get back in to the groove, simply put. And, they have to, interestingly, or not interestingly, actually, very importantly, you have to come in your training gear, uh, dressed up. You cannot change in the dressing room or something. Use as less as the facilities there. And yeah, and uh, bowlers are going to get, some bowlers are giving their own set of balls. So, and then I think there's a host of other things, which I think ICC will release pretty soon, the guidelines under which cricket can resume. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like fast bowlers will have to kit up at home, come in, have their practice sessions, get back into their cars and go back home. Yes. Like they can say hello, but they can't shake hands, of course. <laughs> Hopefully they won't. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no use of any common changing rooms or anything of that sort. It, it, makes, it makes the most sense. What are the other recommendations that uh, the cricket committee has, has made? There's, there's something about neutral umpires as well. No, the, no neutral umpires for a while. Yeah, which was a given, isn't it? Like in times where countries have locked down, complete lockdowns, and there's no air travel, you can't expect people to match officials to travel around the world. So neutral umpires will not work. It's an inter- These are all interim measures, as the cricket committee pointed out, till the pandemic is cleared, which is not going to be so soon. It's going to take a... Who knows? I mean, we don't know. Definitely not for till end of next year or something like that, hopefully. And uh, so... Uh, that's surely like home umpires. It's actually a good good shot in the arm for the home umpires also. That puts, as far as I'm concerned, it makes them accountable. It makes them more responsible because if they would be under the scanner. Everyone would be watching them, their decision-making. And if they show any sort of bias or any sort of this, they are going to be found out. And that's going to affect their ranking within the elite and international uh, panel that 
uh, of umpiring that ICC monitors. So it's 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 a good move. It will also help. Yeah, it will also help nurture better umpires on the for host boards and increase the pool of umpires there, uh, which is which is a problem as we know the pool of elite umpires is so small. It's really really small, and it can take a hit on the workload of the best umpires. So this is good. I think this is a good move, neutral umpires. One other thing that they, the ICC Cricket Committee discussed, if I should point out, is about the COVID substitutes. Um, as football has given permission, if some of the readers or most of the readers would be aware of, football is allowing five substitutes. So cricket did discuss that, the cricket committee did discuss that, but then thought that uh, there were a few... Um, they were ambivalent about it because they felt that what's the point of having extra substitutes, say in case um, someone gets, uh, someone tests positive in the environment, you increase the risk of uh, then isolating the whole squad in any case. So what's the point of having extra players? And then there'll be questions about like for like players. How do you, if, if say XYZ player who's playing, uh, suddenly he's a bowler and do you keep then as a like-for-like replacement? What do you do then? If there is no like-for-like replacement, do you kind of use whoever is available? There'll be question marks raised about that. So the cricket committee felt it's much better not to kind of right now deliberate about that and leave it for in future, for future discussions. Hmm. On, on cricketinfo.com as well, listener, we've been running a series called Downtime Diaries, where a lot of our reporters have been speaking to players and other people associated with cricket during this period of lockdown. Now, what surprised me was that I and a lot of other people that I spoke to had no idea that Mickey Arthur, Sri Lanka's head coach, was in Sri Lanka during this entire period. And Nagraj, you spoke to him this week. Yeah, it was so funny that even I thought he was... I was not actually... Uh, I was unsure about where exactly he was. I was on looking for an international coach because we've not featured in the Downtime Diary section an international coach because a coach has a lot to do pre-plan and all that so so I felt that how does a coach think about the situation and Mickey being uh, an experienced hand and very open-minded he kind of uh, I found him in Sri Lanka and he spoke really in fact he was celebrating his 52nd birthday last weekend and he said that he went to Kumar Sangakara he to visit Kumar Sangakara in Gaul and celebrated the birthday and he shook hands which was very funny but he said that these are simple things these are the things that these are simple things that we can ignore but and these are the teething problems that cricket will steadily and players and coaching staff will as as they as they start getting back into the environment cricketing environment they will monitor they will kind of pay attention to more and more because at the end of the day everyone wants the game to go on whether it is and it will be behind closed doors no doubt about that that is one of the uh, the key another key parameter or maybe the primary parameter the first thing that will have to be in place if sport has to be played or cricket has to be played so yeah i mean mickey spoke really well um, people can read the interview uh and the news piece to know more about it uh there was one point if i may karthik which has been uh at the back of my mind and which mickey kind of pointed out he met lasit malenga and dimit karunaratne the sri lankan captains for various formats and he said that the players were slightly apprehensive that is it are the players ready that we still don't know Everyone is talking, yes, cricket needs to get back on its way like any other sport. And there's a lot of pressure from broadcasters, possibly. And uh, 
there's no live content from the commercial perspective, all that. But are players ready? And there are various apprehensions, very many. And that's something that cricket really needs to pay attention to. I really think that, I think there are questions that players will, we still do, I mean, we do know now that I think uh, the cricket committee does also discuss that every player will be tested before you come. Everyone who comes into that environment, the biosecure environment, whether it be player coaching staff or broadcaster or media, they will have to be tested and they will be tested every day. Now, there is apparently the cricket committee, I've, it, it is understood that um, um, I've been told that the test results could come as fast as in half an hour. Now, if that is possible, like there will be regular testing. If that is possible, that will be interesting. But players would want to know all these little things. Um, uh, what happens and uh, if, and what, what happens if, let's say, a, a person in there in that environment tests positive. Does that mean you suddenly abandon the match? Do you send everybody there involved in self to isolation, or you test, do a testing test again, and if everyone turns like, if there is no, if everyone is safe, then you resume the game. So those are little questions that are still left to be answered, and that's why I really feel um, is that I feel global cricket administrators or ICC as such should take that step and invite captains and head coaches. I really feel captains and head coaches or even just captains, forget the coaches, maybe just the captains, assemble them together on a call and ask them what are to, to and to, to kind of update them on what measures have been taken and what are being taken, what is in the works and listen to their apprehensions. And then that will be another open because right now I'm pretty sure players still are not clear about what is happening. For the time being though, let's listen in to a coach in lockdown Mickey Arthur in conversation with Nagaraj Kolapudi from Sri Lanka. A lockdown birthday, how does it feel like to celebrate a birthday in lockdown? <laughs> well, well, let me, let me tell you, I had, I had eight weeks here uh, on my own. Our grand flower, my batting coaches is the only one of our, our staff with me. So, um, it was, and he's, he's in another hotel. So, um, it was pretty lonely. It was pretty tough. I, I, I did manage to escape curfew once or twice to go and see Grant, yeah. uh, during, during those eight weeks. <laughs> um, but, but, it, but it, what it did do was allowed me to reflect a lot on the first three months in the job. Mm. It allowed me to have a look at, at the teams. It allowed me to look at the brand of cricket we wanted to play. It also allowed me to get, get stuck into everybody's player plans that we, that we put up for them. So no wine, no nothing. You didn't break a champagne yesterday. You just quietly celebrated. Oh, well, 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 no, no. I, I, I've got to, I've got to be come be truthful on this. And I, I, I actually, I went with Kumar Sangakara to his house in the Gaul Fort. So I had my birthday in Gaul with him. Mentally, how challenging was it to accept no cricket was going to happen? You know, it's 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 been mind blowing, and it's it's got, and you sort of go through the emotions, like everybody. We've gone through the emotions of sort of disbelief, and then you think, oh no, this will clear up soon, and then you get, I've be I've got angry and upset because it's kind of affecting the rest of the world and and everybody, and you know, and, and I just think about my our little world, which is the cricket world, and just see how badly that's been disrupted and. But that's just a microcosm of what's happening in the in the real world, and then people are losing their lives, and there's 
government at, at loggerheads and it, 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 you know, it's just been like almost surreal. Mm. And then you start thinking, shit, there's a bit of panic comes in because, sure, what now? Like, what if we don't play cricket, you know? Um, the cricketing world is going to struggle financially. The, the, the world as we know it's going to change. There's no flights, you know, you can't get on flights, international travel, um, you know, so then you start sort of panicking a little bit. So the range of emotions we've been through, particularly during lockdown where there was no, like, light at the at the end of the tunnel has been, mm. has been, it's been pretty traumatic, to be honest, you know. And, and you have your good days and your bad days, like everybody. You know, some days you work, you go, you go to the gym and you think, this is great. You have a couple of good conversations with your staff and with the players and you get into cracking into some work and everything's great. And then the next day it's like, you wake up and it's like, why am I getting out of bed? There's just there's just nothing to do. It's just Groundhog Day. It's just same, same, same. You know. So I've I've been through all those emotions during the during the eight weeks. It's been it's been it's been interesting. I found a lot out about myself. <laughs> I found out that uh, the little things in life have meant a hell of a lot more to me than I thought. You know, the the ability to go and have a beer with friends, the ability to to know that I could get on a plane and I could go and see my family and 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 uh, you know my my eldest daughter's in South Africa my other two daughters are in Perth mm-hmm. and my eldest daughter is pregnant she I'm going to be a grandfather in 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 August <laughs> and 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 the sudden thinking around well maybe like, when am I going to when am I going to see see me see my grand my granddaughter you know she's, she's they're having a they're having a girl and then you're thinking, geez, I hope we go to South Africa end of the year on that tour because that's the opportunity. And so, so I find out, you know, those little things that, that you think that you take for granted, never ever take for granted again because, um, the world can change just at the, just at the drop of a hat. So that was Mickey Arthur. If you want to read the whole interview, head over to our website, espncrickinfo.com. The entire downtime diary with Mickey Arthur is there. Naga, but that was not the only news this week. You have an IPL update for us as well. I don't have an IPL update. BCC had an IPL update. (laughs) (laughs) So so in in, in brief, the government of India has decided that stadia and sports complexes can open without without crowd of course. It's quite ambiguous. Sorry to cut you short, but it's quite ambiguous from what I read. It's it's like people are getting excited. For me, I think I'm not so sure. They have said on one hand that sports facilities and stadiums can reopen behind closed doors. Uh, obviously, for training, there's not going to be any live sport being played suddenly because India is still under uh, this huge case number of cases and they are surging and it's not the curves yet not flattened there. Um, but yes, it kind of has raised hopes for franchises and to an extent BCCA also. But the question still remains, A, when? Right now, the only free window that uh, cricket has is in April-May when IPL happens. That's out of question. That's gone. So when does IPL happen? For that, a free window needs to come up. And right now, everyone is talking about in case the T20 World Cup, men's T20 World Cup scheduled in October-November gets postponed, then that throws up a window. But we don't know what India would be at that point and other. I mean... If, if, if the conditions are safe in India around that point, because the winter just sets in or just it's before winter sets in, it's, it's a good time for cricket to, I mean, for IPL to be played and the BCCI will be ready because they have all the acumen and the, um, what do you say? They can put in 
this they they know the structure very well they can put in the ipl within a matter of few weeks they don't need to uh, bother about that but it's just that right now there are too many imponderables in the sense of when mm-hmm. uh, the where can be worked out easily but things that are some pieces have to fall into place before that question can be answered but yes people can will have kept fingers crossed for ipl still happening in 2020 and it's important for bcci's point of view everyone thinks bcci is the richest board it is no doubt it is but it will there'll be a big hole in case in the bcci's revenues in case ipl doesn't happen um it's uh, it's to the tune of 4000 crores is what and which is about 0.5 or 53 billion us dollars is what the bcci stands to lose out from the media rights from star india in case the ipl doesn't happen this year and it will have regardless of how much reserves it has and the bcci luckily has nothing need to bother yet about player payments and the contracts are up for renewal only in october and the domestic player payments they will clear it pretty soon i'm sure if they have not already and they've already played the state associations which are the most hungriest uh, more than the players i feel uh, so they have taken care of that so they really don't have to worry right now but in 6 months down the line if ipl doesn't happen then the bcci will also have trouble and that's why they are focusing did you notice i'm sure uh, you have read or heard about why india's head coach and even the bcci is talking about playing bilateral cricket focusing on bilateral cricket primarily when cricket restarts that's an interesting point to note it cannot be ignored because there's a lot of uh, as far as world tournaments there's only t20 world cup right now this year so and then next year you have early next year you have the women's odi world cup in new zealand so what ravi shastri the india's head coach is saying is focus on bilaterals and bilaterals is where countries like india can make money and can make money for other boards also uh, that's why cricket australia everyone is interested in playing that four test series in, in uh, later in the year in australia because that will garner good revenues for cricket australia uh and india can then possibly organize i mean there's there's a lot of other things to be worked out where icc has already made it clear that the ftp will have to be reworked considerably when by the time cricket restarts so yeah this is all these are all little little things that but to sum up um a month ago in mid late march you never thought that cricket will restart now there is a glimmer of hope that cricket might start in cricket will be played at some point soon and soon is like in a few months not so soon i feel somewhere in some part of the world in fact it's being played this weekend isn't it in st vincent's the t10 league <laughs> <laughs> so cricket has begun no no i don't i don't blame anyone who got got a wee bit excited i did i did too of the possibility of sports complex opening in fact if i look at some of my apps as well even i can currently go book a ground in in bangalore to go and probably have a match of football again like you said we don't know how this is work and naga it's kind of understandable why the bcci and the ipl governing bodies are being a bit coy about about when the ipl will restart they're tempering expectations they have no choice and they don't want to sort of they would be the first people to be happy but right now even they are being they they are totally aware and they don't want to kind of give a wrong impression or send the wrong message because there's a lot at stake if they say that yes ipl is going to happen in october this throws up 
they're being definitive about it or even if they say it's likely now but you're kind of you don't know what's going to happen so that's what they're worried about mm. they don't know what is happening and it's not in their hands anymore because there is no window they other boards need to agree and to bcc as far as bcc is concerned they have uh, even if they are the richest board even if they the people think they have a lot of power at the icc which they have i doubt they're going to intervene and spoil the ftp they're not going to disrupt the ftp yeah no that's fair and listener if you want any more ipl or t20 related content our previous episode in fact was uh, our colleague sharda ugra talking with the ceo of kolkata night riders venki myso that was an excellent chat go check it out naga this was great as well yeah baby steps as you said to in your introduction these are little little steps um and one has to just remain calm and patient uh, people will be restless but i think in a month's time we'll be actually talking cricket and not resuming cricket nice nice you know, that, that that sentence should warm all your hearts awesome naga thank you so much for joining us on stump bike take care man thank you So welcome back to ESPN Quick Info Stump Mike and I've brought back with me two regulars of the pod as well. Gaurav, hello again. Hi, good to be back again. And also with Gaurav on this edition of uh, Stump Mike is Andrew Fidel Fernando. Andrew, we just heard from Sri Lanka coach Miki Atha who is has been in Sri Lanka in lockdown for many weeks but he says the restrictions are easing. Yeah, they're getting a little bit better. I think you can go to work um ride hailing apps are working. It's just it just seems like more and more shops are opening up. You can go and get a haircut if you want. Uh you can walk down to the supermarket. So those kinds of things are there all I mean still bars, restaurants, all those things are are still shut. But uh but kind of you can make your way around whereas I think a few weeks ago we had this very very strict curfew. Mm-hmm. And and drawing on from that also you wrote a piece uh, for cricketinfo.com recently where you said where it showed that signs of cricket slowly getting back to where it wants to be where you said that the SLC would be willing to host India and Bangladesh as per their respective programs in in July and and it just i had to let out a chuckle because i remember a few years ago when i i think when i was in college and the prospect of an india versus sri lanka match would just make me groan but now <laughs> when 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 the when the office came out it was like india versus sri lanka yeah bring it on <laughs> Yeah so I think the um despite the fact that they've just played as well they I think they played a uh 3T20s was it in India at the at the start of this year um not that you know that was a particularly memorable series but yeah everyone I think uh I've been dying for to to watch some cricket I think all of us have been and I'll take any series India versus Sri Lanka uh is totally fine by me mm-hmm. so what what's the SLC stand here like what what are we looking at in terms of how when where can cricket be played in sri lanka um so i think essentially colombo would be the first port of call uh, colombo is also the um the the city i guess that's been affected the most by covid-19 but also has the kind of easiest uh, uh the most facilities that i guess slc can secure i think the thing is uh slc obviously want india to tour because it is a huge to every time india come slc makes a lot of money uh and uh, the board very much relies on india tours to survive 
but uh, I guess the problem this time is that it's not just the two boards who have to agree. There are all sorts of other things that have to fall in place as well. The governments have to get involved. The Sri Lankan government will definitely have to get involved uh, and kind of facilitate the quarantine process uh, and uh, and do it in a way that's kind of acceptable to the Indian players and, and the Bangladesh players. They're hoping to have a Bangladesh series as well around the same time. So uh, to do all that in a way that's acceptable to both teams... Uh, and then there's also how are India going to get out of uh, India and Bangladesh going to get out of their respective countries with uh, travel restrictions in place? How do you get, uh, I guess, like a, a squad of about 35 people, including all the support staff? How do you get them all across uh, the border and get them get them from their individual homes to uh, to Sri Lanka? So all of that is um, all of that is kind of going to be a complicated process, and it's going to require many things beyond just the cricket boards to fall into place. The other thing is um, they will. there is kind of like a quarantine uh, hotel process here now. You, For example, if you're returning Sri Lankan, you can come into the country and you can pay to be in like a four or five-star hotel uh, and do your two weeks quarantine there. And they, those hotels have been made kind of like biosecure and, uh, and locked down so that uh, you know anyone who's kind of potentially ill in those uh, hotels uh, don't kind of spread it elsewhere. So all of that is being there is kind of some kind of basic infrastructure to make this possible, but still there have been there, there's got to be a lot of things uh, that have got to come through from uh, the government sides. Mm-hmm. Gaurav, over the last I think over the last few days, particularly for us here in India, we've seen a few signs of cricket crawling its way back. First, first, we had uh, the order that said that sports complexes and stadia can open up without fans, of course, in India. And now, as Fidel has mentioned, that there is that possibility that at least discussions could start over a over a series between between uh, Sri Lanka and and India. How 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 does that make you feel? Uh, I think it's very speculative at this stage. Uh, although the prospect of cricket is always exciting. Uh, I think uh, the, the, with the Bundesliga happening uh, earlier last last weekend, I think everybody suddenly became German football fans just because they were <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, sport. So uh, I think any sport is good now, but uh, it's it's very risky also. That I'm seeing more and more cases actually every single day. The cases are increasing and nothing is coming down. So uh, you're only it's only more risky to have a, a cricket match. So uh, it's going to be tricky. I think even if one or two cases happen, then uh, I don't uh, see uh, cricket happening anywhere. So the the other curious thing is, do you play T20s? Do you play test matches? Do you play ODIs? I think T20s make the most sense because it's shorter and you can even play like three days. You can play three games and then uh, come out. It'll be some kind of uh, activity. But uh, those things need to be decided and uh, with, if there's no World Cup, for example, if the World Cup is postponed, then why do you want to play T20s? So, uh, that's not going to help the team in any way, right? So, uh, uh, Fidel, any idea about what kind of what format is uh, Sri Lanka looking at? Yeah, so I think they just, as far as Sri Lanka cricket is concerned, they want to play the tour as scheduled. So they want to play three ODIs and three T20s. In fact, I when I spoke to uh, SLCC on Monday. Uh, I asked, look, is, they're obviously going to be behind closed doors, aren't they? And he said, no, we're not sure. We haven't decided on that. So they haven't even ruled out the fact that there could be some kind of crowd there, though I strongly suspect that there won't be in the end. Uh, and those details just haven't been worked out. 
Um, but yeah, I, th- I think like T20s, you're right, would make the most sense. Uh, but there's, it's not, you know, as, as far as SLC is concerned, the, the main thing is not even just giving players, you know, practice ahead of the World Cup. It's about getting India to tour and getting that money and getting the broadcasters and kind of keeping the broadcasters happy. That's really their main focus. Um, and, and Sri Lanka is kind of like the, the, you mentioned cases elsewhere. The thing with Sri Lanka is that it seems to have got a lid on the number of cases now. Uh, there, I mean, it's been less than 500 active cases for a few days and that number seems to be kind of generally going down or at least remaining stable. So, uh, the government feels as if it's got a grip on the situation and everyone who needs to be in quarantine or anyone who's at risk of having contracted the, the, uh, COVID-19 is like in some kind of quarantine or government facility where they can be, you know, repeatedly tested and, and, uh, and treated. So that, for that reason, I think, and even Sri Lanka tourism's kind of come out and said maybe we can kind of uh, push ourselves as a COVID-free destination. Uh, and uh, of course, there will have to be strong quarantine measures in place for anyone coming in. But uh, there is like a, a chance that the, there is the possibility that Sri Lanka kind of will get through this, or at least will have a period uh, where it's uh, COVID nineteen is much less active in this country than. Uh, than elsewhere and I think that's what they're banking on and that's what SLC is kind of trying to make BC, the BCB and BCCI uh, kind of consider. I love this, you know, where all three of us were push, putting all these positive thoughts out there just <laughs> to make a Sri Lanka a Sri Lanka versus India series happen and that this this would have been I don't know, unthinkable a few years ago. Am I Am I uh, not able to separate my fact from my fiction? Did did Sri Lanka and India actually play each other that much? Fidel, first first one for you. I mean, you would have probably covered a lot of Sri Lanka versus India games. There were a lot in a certain period. Did you ever get fatigued with the matches? I think so. I I came in like and I started working at in like uh, middle of 2012 is when I you know started working full time for Crick Info and. Uh, that was just kind of coming to the end of that big India Sri Lanka period. Uh, essentially what had happened was there's, there were two board big wigs on either side, Srinivasan on, in the BCCI, Nishanta Ranathunga at SLC, uh, who were kind of doing, uh, a lot of these deals for India and Sri Lanka to play. And, and the reason why Sri Lanka and India played so much, I think Gaurav's got some stats as well. I think until about the end of 2013, why they played so much is because these two had, the kind of relationship where, uh, you know, where they were very friendly and trading things off with each other, you know, on, on a cricket board level. Uh, once both Nishanta and, uh, uh, N. Srinivasan kind of went or uh, left the boards or uh, were not uh, as involved in those high level decisions, uh, then I think we've, we've seen like a, a cooling of that relation to an extent. They still play t- each other a lot. But I've just looked at some stats. Since 2000, start of 2014, Australia's played, uh, more, more matches. Australia's played 49 matches against India across formats. Sri Lanka's played 39 in comparison. So I think the big three now play each other a lot more than, uh, than Sri Lanka plays India. Though the thing with the, the thing that causes fatigue in the Sri Lanka India relationship is that India always wins. And so it's all kind of like one way traffic. And so if there was like, and there were some series that Sri Lanka came back and like challenged India and and won a few. Uh, then I think this this sense of fatigue that's kind of a hangover from a few years ago 
the sense of fatigue would be eased because it wouldn't just be like these monochrome series that India just smashes Sri Lanka in. So, Gaurav, when, which was that period where there were a lot of these uh, Sri Lanka versus India games? I remember I was, to, to research the spot, I was doing a bit of uh, Googling yesterday and I remember there was a quote from Harbhajan Singh as well in one of our national newspapers where he said, he said that we play Sri Lanka a lot. Yeah, I think it's partly true and uh, they 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 played a ODI uh, every single year since 1984 up to 2014. So they played one ODI, respective of uh, a World Cup or a Champions Trophy or a bilateral. They played at least one, which itself is startling. And the second thing is between 2004 and 2013, they played each other uh, is only in the ODI 67 times. And the second highest uh, uh, is 49 between Bangladesh and Zimbabwe during that period. And India and Australia played 42. So the gap between the second and third or between India and Australia and India, Sri Lanka was close to 25 ODIs. Okay, So that's the period where uh, India and Sri Lanka played ridiculous. And this is only ODI. So if I look at all uh, formats, it's close to about 83, I think, 84, uh, which is still the highest uh, across all teams. And like Fidel said, from 2014 onwards, India and Sri Lanka have only played in 16 ODIs, which is, again, very surprising. And that could be, uh, be due to the quality of the teams as well. But when you look at all formats uh, from uh, 2014 onwards, India and Sri Lanka have played 39 times. So it's obviously come down uh, by more than 50%. And this could be due to a lot of reasons. One, that the quality of cricket is obviously not great and India have been winning consistently. Uh, Sri Lanka used to be a very tough place to tour uh, way back uh, in the mid-2000s uh, where India and Sri Lanka used to lock horns in the test matches. And I think, if I remember right, both the times they toured, it went up to the third test uh, uh, with the series uh, being in the line. So, whereas the 2017 tour, I think, was 3-0 uh, to India. So, uh, I guess the quality... And even uh, Sri Lanka rebuilding, so obviously the interest levels for broadcasters are also a lot lesser. But I'm sure Sri Lanka is always your uh, backup option. <laughs> yeah, whenever there's like a tour cancellation somewhere, Sri Lanka basically like uh, puts their hand up very, very quickly. Um, they'll, you know, if 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 like a, a thing like West Indies that I think the West Indies tour when uh, the West Indies players left halfway through. Sri Lanka basically immediately agreed to go. It was almost like um, like Sri Lankan players, like the, the board officials went to players' houses and it woke them up in the middle of the night and, and like was like, you need to get on a flight right away. You're going to play in India tomorrow. It was kind of that kind of situation. And then they lose 5-0, Fidel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they lost 5-0. And it happened even earlier this year, actually. Zimbabwe didn't come to India and Sri Lanka came for the three-match uh, T20 series. They were actually filling up for Zimbabwe. Okay, so but then India and Sri Lanka have had some have had some cracking matches in the past. If I had to ask each of you to pick to pick one, it can be any format that you would love to go and revisit. Which one would that be? Your favorite Sri Lanka versus India encounter? Fidel, you first. Mm, this, is a, this is a good question. I think I would like to go and see, I think that 2008 series uh, in Sri Lanka where um, I think they've actually played some really good test series even recently. So that 2017 was the end of 2017 when Sri Lanka went to India. There were a couple of good matches. I think that series only ended up being 1-0 to India. Uh, that Kolkata test were um, kind of seesawed or Sri Lanka were actually kind of in control for a long period in that test and ended up getting a draw. Uh, they were absolutely smashed off the park in the next test. I can't remember where that was. But then the Delhi test 
when uh, when all that pollution stuff was happening. Uh, Sri Lanka kind of managed to cling on to a draw there as well. So I think that was an interesting series. Um, the favorite Sri Lanka-India match I've covered was the one in Gaul in 2015, where it just seemed like Sri Lanka were completely out of the game. And then uh, Jinnes Chandimal played this like unbelievable, like very lucky, but also just like this like absolute storm of an innings. Uh, and completely turned that match around, and then Rangana Herat kind of came in in fourth innings, and and uh, India only had to get one seventy odd, uh, and then he wiped, he kind of wiped them out for one hundred and twenty odd, if I remember correctly. Um, but I mean, I grew up in the era of the late nineties when I first started really watching cricket, where it was the opposite. Like Sri Lanka would just always win against India, and Sanat Jaisri would always score runs against India. It was just like it was one-way traffic in the opposite direction uh, then. And then uh, it kind of switched. Uh, the, the 2000s were kind of uh, a bit more even. Sri Lanka never really won in India. India kind of struggled in Sri Lanka at times as well. Um, and they kind of traded blows. And then this decade's been all India. I think uh, the Goyal game was obviously uh, amazing in terms of uh, drama and the fact that uh, Sri Lanka came back, which we don't see usually uh, in India-Sri Lanka encounters. So that was a great test. And uh, like Fidel said, uh, a lot of people don't really give credit to Sri Lanka for that 2017 tour. It's not uh, uh, easy coming to India and just losing 1-0 and actually had a chance for it to be one all. They actually survived the last day. And that's not very easy to do uh, in India. A lot of teams come here and get whitewashed. We've seen that with New Zealand. We've seen that with West Indies. We've seen that with England also lost 4-0. So, uh, actually Sri Lanka losing 1-0 was a commendable effort. One bad test they had, but two tests they really played well. But my favourite tour as such is the 2008, uh, the Mendes Mosley series when India went to Sri Lanka. I think uh, Sri Lanka won 2-1. But there was a lot of drama in that series, a lot of fun, a lot of challenge challenges for India. The fact that they played spin very well, uh, that series was supposed to be uh, exciting. Uh, Murli never had like a great record against uh, Sachin Dravid and uh, the Indian batsman, even Sehwag for that matter. So that series is something I really enjoyed uh, in terms of, uh, uh, I think any India tour of Sri Lanka test series was something I enjoyed more than uh, the ODIs and T20. Somehow uh, those got a bit boring, but the test matches uh, in Sri Lanka speak uh, were a treat to watch. Yeah, and that that that, that yeah that uh, 2008 tour. Uh, I remember that was also the one where kind of Mahela Jarodhan was captain, and it put like a generation. Uh, and, and that was one of the first uh, series where the DRS was being used, and uh, Mahela used it so well, and uh, and India kind of used it so poorly um, that it kind of put like a generation of India players against the idea, or it, it helped. Uh, it helped kind of stop India being so keen on DRS for for years after that. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating series. You're right. That was that was a really good one. Fantastic. Now this this was a short discussion, but hopefully, if things go according to plan and Sri Lanka and India play again, we're going to cover it in all its glory on the website on the pod. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us, Fidel and Gaurav. Until the next Sri Lanka India match. Until next police hundred while chasing. <laughs> <laughs> there's really nothing I can say to that. I mean, the, that the, there's no comeback that a Sri Lankan can make anymore. It has happened so often. All right. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys later. This was ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. Use hashtag Stump Mike and reach out to us on Twitter or any other social media platform. Until next time, stay clean, stay safe.